everybody. This is the very first podcast episode, and I don't even have that proper name for it yet, but I know it's going to be about bikes, about riding, about motorsports, and this podcast is going to be for other enthusiasts and motorsport obsessed people, because there's not that many of us out there, and the sport by itself is rather singular. It's rather, how do I say it? It's lonely in a way because you're all by yourself it's on the trail if it's on the trail then you're all by yourself on the trail if it's on the track most of the parts of the track are not observed by the spectators so no matter how many cameras you put in the car it's still going to be very lonely kind of experience very individual and so my uh, hope for this podcast is to shed some light to bring forth some aspects of um, of riding and motorsports in general and inspire others, especially those who are in that sport, to kind of share ideas and create this inspiration. So today with us is a wonderful guest. His name is Pat Fortin, and I will let you introduce yourself and who you are and what what you are all about. Well, well good day, everyone. Good evening. Uh, well, I'm a motorcycle enthusiast for probably the last 30 years. Uh, I'm a mechanic by trade, an aircraft mechanic. Uh, I uh, did lots. I started in sports bike, doing road racing, maybe like in the past life, 20 years ago. We got addicted to it. Uh, I even did a little bit of the Canadian Superbike Championship a long, long time ago. And uh, did lots of sports bike before and after my racing on the street, which is... Uh, I seem to release lots of... Uh, you know, uh, of myself on the bike. So I don't really ride on the streets anymore because, you know, all the laws, all the variables that you don't control. When you're a young kid, you think you, have, you can control everything, but that's not really the case as you grow up and accidents happen and this and that, and, you know, some friend gets hurt really bad. So, so I did stop for many years not to ride at all. For probably 15 years, I didn't ride. And uh, a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, did actually got it a, an enduro bike, like a more of an adventure bike, I should say. And I told him, I said, it's kind of weird. You know, you should get a road bike or you should get a, street, a, a motocross, like a dirt bike. I said, well, I, why did you get one and, you know, half and half? I said, that probably does both things not very good, you know. So anyways, blah, blah, blah. He says, yeah, maybe I got a buddy that's going for sale. It's cheap. Maybe you should look at it and, you know, go look at the bike. And we all like bikes. And I said, oh, okay, I'll try it. It's cheap enough. And that was, I believe, in 2014. So I got a bike, an old DR650 that had like 70,000 kilometers on it. And I said, yeah, well, we're just going to ride. We have to shoot some events. We have to do some stuff. We're just going to ride just for fun. So that's pretty much how it started. So we, uh, I, I wish to a really hard rally with, with almost no out, off-road experience. And I pretty much got addicted to it right away. It's pretty much how it started. So uh, I'm a very hyper person. Uh, also, I have a really hard time with my um, att I have an attention deficit a little bit. So when you're on the bike and in the bush, you have no choice but being attentive. So to me, I really enjoy that. But it takes lots of energy to be attentive for me. But uh, that's, uh, that's a bit about myself, why I ride. I've said last year, I got a, last summer, I tried a buddy's bike. He actually, he actually did the silver, uh, silver class at the daycare this year. And I tried his KTM 500, and that's just for the hell. It was so much more in my bike, so much fun to ride that 
in last fall, I bought one. I couldn't hold on. I said, I hold up. I said, I just got one. And this year I said, so I'm going to do the gold one just because it's a smaller bike. I should be able to do it because Lee won't let you register if it's a 650 and up on the gold class. So that's, that's why I got that bike. And when I got it, I tried to find a partner. And the partner I did the Dacre last year, he, he has many bikes. So that's how we actually got to do this, uh, this registration for this year's uh, uh, Dacre challenge. So basically that's what it is. I even have a, my kids have scooters. I got scooters. It's actually very fun to ride. I got a little Honda Gram that I, you know, I got a couple of months back. It's very, very fun. We got a ride plan to go all the way to North Quebec, all through the trails in the bush. It's got a little 12 inch wheels. It's got nine horsepower and I go to town and stuff and it's fun. It's very fun. You go down the pegs right on the ground. It's, it's very agile. I feel like a kid, I feel like I go a thousand miles an hour and all of a sudden I look at the speed of my life, I'm going 85 kilometers an hour, but I'm having a blast. It's very fun and it's much safer that way. You know, it's the only way I think I can ride on the, on the street and being safe a little bit and being totally in control. Because if you have a big sports bike that's got 200 horsepower, why would you drive hundred kilometers an hour? To me, that makes no sense. I, I wouldn't even have one because to me it would have, it would be on a racetrack. You know, it's like that, that that's how I feel. And that's uh, that's a little bit for me and bikes. Uh, I'm uh, I totally I totally love. It. I I love it. It's so awesome to talk about bikes because we could just go on and on about all different bikes and different varieties. It's just it's so awesome. And one of the interesting thing, well, I I met Pat on that rally, and my first kind of introduction was I I went to the trail at the top of the trail and I was taking photos. And you were one of the first couple of bikes that were going up that hill. And I was at the top and up they go. Number three, number two, just ripping through those rocks. And the trail was so technical. I'm walking by it and thinking, oh, my goodness, how the hell are those guys going to go through it? But, you know, they just very easy up the road, up the up the hill. And it was like a solid, solid mountain kind of. And uh, that was amazing because me personally, I've been riding on the street just because I haven't gotten into dirt bikes yet. But this seemed like so much fun. Like, what am I doing? I'm missing this much fun out there on the trails. So this this was a complete like mindset shift because it's you can do so much more on the trails than you can do on the street. It's amazing. And you can learn much more. Like way back, I did some training in early 2000 in the States for road racing. And the first bike to give you is an 86 dirt bike on the dirt. Because on dirt, you can lose control at much lower speed. And you, you can react much faster. You have much more time to react. And you can become so much a better rider just like going on dirt. It's much harder. And uh, you can slide it much faster. You know, with a, a, a sports bike, the tires are so sticky on the pavement that if you slide, you don't have much, the margin of error is very, very minimal. So as long as you lose it, all of a sudden you're high side, you're in the air, and all of a sudden you're done. And you know, the sports bike with those nice fairings, you know, now the $20,000, all of a sudern the bike is pretty much scrapped because it's scratched all over the place. So if someone, you know, it's, Exactly. It's, it's and so, another so good, so good. aspect that I just realized this past weekend is that trail riding is the most creative way of riding or any motorsport because of the way that you maneuver 
on the trail, the way that you handle the bike, it's, it provides you with the most creativity. Wherever on a road race track, it's all pretty much standard. You know your race line and you're going over it and over it again. You know exactly how your bike is going to lean. And the only way to expand yourself is to push further along the, the, the ratio of how much you are like ratio of adhesion to the road. That's like the only thing you can do. But on the trail, there are rocks, there are puddles, there are loose sands, there are bogs. There's so many different things and they're always different. I bet you if you go around the same trail, it would be different every time. Depending like what you're saying there, like when we train very short, like a couple of hours, you try to take the hardest line, you know? But like on, on the daycare last, last week, by trying to save my energy. So trying to find the easiest line through all the way. All the puddles try to go all around them, not to go into them, not to slide. Because you go to a puddle, there could be a rock underneath that you don't see. And I'll make you wipe out. So you try, because wipe out will take so much energy. As soon as you fall, it, you lose your rhythm. Rhythm is totally broken. It can take, you can get, if it's not just a, you know, a little slide, it's not too bad. But if you get hurt a little bit, the rhythm, it may take you 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour to get it back. You know, because in the morning when you get out, you get dressed, if you're stressed a little bit and, you know, you're not stressed, but it's good stress, you know, you and to get in the zone, to me anyways, it takes probably 10, 15 minutes and, you know, and if you fall, it may just make everything crumble and you got to start all over again. <laughs> exactly. And so, well, Dacre started at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. It's still yeah. dark. It's, it was pretty cold, like eight degrees or something. So there was a lot of that kind of, getting ready to go but i bet you once the bike started rolling everything just kind of started going and sun was up in about an hour so yeah. how was it like for you the start the start was good i mean before i was kind of anxious because i always see things a bit harder and i i worked myself saying they're gonna be it's gonna be really 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 difficult but when i woke up i was especially when i saw the 622 kilometers on friday i said oh my god it's crazy you know, the longest single track I did this year was 140 kilometers. And that was a tough day. You know, it almost took me 12 hours. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, you know, it's 622 kilometers. So we left. But in the morning when I got up, I was very, I slept well. I was relaxed. Even if it was very early morning, we had a coffee, a very good breakfast. I left. I was totally relaxed. It was good. It wasn't chaos like it always is. It seemed we only three of us left. So it was very very good we follow each other for a while excuse me and but and we got in the groove actually very quick because like you said we had good lights but the sun was come up and we could see very well and it wasn't too difficult at the beginning it was it was hard but not not crazy hard so it was a good good way to get the rhythm and to get actually going but then then the need the navigation gets in you know you're the first one. Where do you go? You know, there's a few places that we got in. Oh, it's not here. It's not there. And it's always, there's always a margin of error, you know, in navigation. So, and then the other one catches up and blah, blah, blah. And another place, all of a sudden you hear a quad coming, you know. So, uh, so that's it. But it, it was very, actually very good. Yeah, I'm telling you, listening, watching and listening to the rolling grid or the bikes, just all of you guys leaving the paddock is the most amazing experience. Like first thing in the morning, everybody just, it's a go time. It's so awesome. The same kind of happens when you're um, in the race and the rolling grid, the first lap, 
that starts going, that is also like the, the highest kind of feeling of the entire event. So that was awesome. So what was the highlight of the, of the daycare? The highlight of the daycare, but for me, the highlight is pretty much when we got to uh, maybe not halfway, but just uh, after, before and after lunch, where the very technical single track actually started. Because I know this track, I go there, I've been going there for five years. And we didn't do them all the same way that I usually do. I went very difficult way place. I went down before, there's no way we can go up there. And that's the way they let actually made us climb there. So that was actually very exciting. But uh, to me, that was the hardest part. And just to highlight something that took us almost all day to do, like five, six hours to do, we did in just about two hours, just because of the good rhythm we had. So to me, that was it. It was well, the weather was on our side too. Last time I did it was pouring rain. So the weather can have a huge factor, you know, towards the, obviously the traction that your tire is going to have, you know? So, uh, and all the puddles and the water and, uh, and, and that. So I was getting a bit tired after that, but uh, the super support crew we have and all that stuff, it kept, kept us focused. And the not stopping was actually very good. To me, it was just, you keep going, you keep going, keep going. You may slow down a little bit sometimes, you know, and maybe have a fall or two or three or four or five, but uh, it was uh, just keep, keep going. And then the UVR, I know there, they, um, they call it, it's the um, Ottawa Valley Rally Place at Sunny Hill there. I don't know if you went to the, um, the campground there. And it's, uh, that's a place I really liked. And I, I was a bit anxious by doing all this because I knew how hard it was. But it actually went very well. That was actually pretty amazing. You're so right. The weather was so perfect. It was unbelievable. It would, it could, we couldn't be expect. It couldn't have have happened better. Sky was clear. It was hot, but not too hot. It was just. It. it was perfect. And so, when you're talking about dropping bikes and making mistakes, how do you deal or how do you perceive mistakes on the trail on the riding? But you know, there's twice I fell, and one time I actually bruised my ribs. It was, uh, and one time I, because you said there's no communication, but me and Mike, my partner, we have communicators, Santa communicators, so we spoke the whole way. And uh, we had battery pack to keep them charged. And that was actually funny. So it was uh, the first time, it was very comical. It was a section that wasn't technical at all. We're talking about this and that, nothing, not even in, in relation to writing, you know? And all of a sudden I'm on the ground and I heard my hip. I said, what's going on there? And he says, what happened? How did you fall? It's like, I was riding in the kitchen here. And I said, dude, I don't know. I just fell. And I turned around, it's a huge rock. I was talking, looking ahead and I wasn't paying attention. I hit that rock dead on. And I, there was like miles around it just to go around but I just didn't see it. And I felt a little bit like, what the hell, Batman? You know, all that energy wasted falling. And it really, it, it made me angry a little bit. So I got up, got on the bike. Obviously nothing was broken, hopefully. And I was really sore. And I ride a lot standing up. So I had a hard time standing up because my light, left eye was all bruised up. But I stood up anyways. And uh, I kept pushing. It took me uh, probably another 10, 15 minutes just to get the rhythm back. But that's that's why. Twice I did that. One time I felt there was a, a log in, or a rock in the mud. I didn't see it. It made me fall a bit bad. So these two uh, actually slowed me down. But it's we got to keep pushing. we got to keep pushing. And if I know why it's hurting, and I know it's not 
broken or nothing, I was okay with it. I said, we'll keep doing it and, and it's okay. So I, it's totally, it's totally mental. And, and I just, I just kept going. Just goal, I had the goal in mind was to finish. Well, so it's I very, the, it's very interesting that you mentioned that um, you fell when you were talking to your partner because it's a long event and you have to maintain focus all throughout, yeah. but obviously we can't. We have to have those breaks in the focus. And I guess it sounds like when you let go of that focus, you maybe have gotten complacent. And that is what may have caused the, the fall. But it's impossible to stay focused continuously for like 12 hours straight. So do you perceive the difference in how your focus wanes and, and rises in, in terms of the terrain? Definitely, definitely. There's time where, especially when it's easy, you don't you try to calm down. You try not to focus so much, and we do this for fun. So there's time where you know there's a little jump there. You go hit it just to woohoo, kids, you know. Or you can do a little willy there. You just go do a willy just because it, we like it and it calms you down and it makes you enjoy the ride. You know, you can't just be stiff the whole time. You won't even last. So even if you can slide slide the back end a little bit and just have a bit of fun. And my question is that we have to have fun. You know, if you can go around a little bit, you go around a little bit. And that helps you. And it gives, it brings the spirit up. It's why we do this. And that is so true. You know, just seeing a rock and seeing a little elevation change and I can jump the bike to three feet in the air. I'll do it. And it's, it just brings you like, and it's fun. And, uh, but there's time where it's so technical and all, like you really try to find the easiest way and not to, to lose focus. So, this place where it's boring, you try to keep your focus up by, you know, maybe fooling around a little bit and stuff like that. Not too excessively dangerous because you don't want to, you know, damage your ride or damage your, the, the chances of you finishing. But it, it's important to keep you on edge all the time, you know. And I think talking to Mike, I was totally, like you said, totally complacent. And it's like I was sitting on the couch at home. I was sitting on the bike. The position was way off. My elbow were down. There was nothing. I was just a human being sitting on a motorcycle like I wasn't riding it so that's uh well but but that's it, the thing because it's so, so challenging you need to have yeah. those breaks in between the highly focused states where you are actually kind of sitting like on a couch because how else would you recover that focus right and especially when I'm thinking towards the end of the journey how was it like to maintain the focus towards the end of the ride Oh, it was hard. It was hard because Lee, like I remember the last 114 kilometers after at a checkpoint, they said, that's the easiest 114 kilometers. And I know Lee, I rode with Lee before. I know that you can't trust that. I mean, you can, you could say, I remember an event in the past that it says, oh, can I change? It's going to be dry. Oh, it's going to be totally dry in the afternoon. You can ride. I changed all new gear, 200 meters down with mud all the way down the knees almost. So, so I had a high doubt that it was going to be 150 to 14 kilometers, that, that was easy. But even something easy, when you're getting so tired and exhausted to keep focused, it can be difficult. Everything can, can hit you and, you know, and bite you in the back a little bit. Especially my headlight burnt out. The wires broke right off. I couldn't fix them, so I had no headlight. And I knew it was going to get dark. And, and before then, I saw it blink. And I said, God, my, my headlight's going away. And my partner, Mike, says, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. Just forget about it. So we have to ride. It's hard here. Just don't think about it. So uh, anyways, we couldn't fix it. We didn't have any spares. So, so uh, 
when we had the last um, check stop before the 100 fucking kilometers, I was pretty exhausted. So we ate. And my buddy Jason, I trained, I trained with and ride quite a bit. That rode the, the silver. He, he had the same 114 kilometers to do. And he pretty much arrived at the same time as us. So I said, we kind of talk, all three of us. We'll do the last 114 together. I said, go up front. Mike will go to behind. And I have no headlights. So I'll be in the middle, you know. So uh, that's what we did. But it was hot section. It was huge rock climbs. I'm, anyways, I was tired. They, everything found, I found everything huge. But it was lots of rock climb, lots of mud and rocks, and very slow section. But uh, as it was going on, especially starting this, I knew it was only 114 kilometers. And I didn't want to look at how many remaining kilometers because it's right on my GPS. And I know to the meters how many kilometers left. And I'm trying not to look, just looking at the track and but you always keep looking <laughs> and as the the kilometers were going by it is the energy was just building up building up building up and i knew i knew i knew it could have been 250 kilometers could have been 300 kilometers i knew i was going to make it if nothing happens we didn't fall i kept my focus i was 100 focused i didn't i don't think i sat down the whole time i just made sure i stood up the whole time to make sure my elbow out kept the whole because I was so tired, I said, if I sit down, I'm not going to ride properly. My position is going to be off, and I'm going to fall. And I didn't want to fall, because it's where you get hurt. And so I, I pretty much stood the whole time. That Just is incredible. Sure I was gonna make it. Yeah, and it, it makes sense that you would kind of increase your challenge towards the last bit, because the last miles are the hardest in any race, in any event, because of the physical challenges, but also mentally like some most of the time we give up because mentally we're tired and no. have you also noticed how um breaks and food breaks affected your focus did it help you regain a little bit of energy huge huge when i got to the uh the with the support crew there it was my son uh, one a good friend of mine i went to school with and it was mike's um girlfriend there and it was very nice. I got there, my son took the bike, you know, they cleaned my glasses, they put the fuel in it. And Susie had all his plate of food made up, you know, and it was, and they were motivating. Oh, you gotta get it. You guys have to have fun. And they were, it was like, I, I don't think I would have finished probably, but it made it so easy. And I left and I felt light. Just that, that motivation that they brought to me, the energy they had, it was, it was, it, it was, very undescribable. It was hard to describe how great it was. To me, that made the whole difference. The whole difference. Like, we're lucky we didn't have to work on the bike. Mike, at one point, I think he broke a shifter, but we made it to the truck and we changed the shifter there. And uh, my headlight there, that we worked 10 minutes trying to fix it, and I pretty much figured out I couldn't fix it. So, and I knew I had a headlight on the top. I, I tie wrapped a, a flashlight at the end of the handlebar. There's no way I wasn't going to finish it, even if I had to ride the whole night. But to me, the uh, the support crew made a huge difference. And also, again, excuse me, talking to Mike the whole time. It was, uh, Mike's got a great deal of experience. He races in Europe every year. He's been doing this for a very long time, much longer than I have. He's done that event, I think, for the last 10 years. I did it with him last year. And talking to him when it was very difficult to give, you go there, we should shoot the left. and. Yeah, do this, put in second gear and keep the throttle, go up, stay focused. And it, it was very, to me, it was, uh, it, it was good. It was good. It's like, it was like not doing it alone, you know, because you're right. You can ride with someone else with five other bikes, but you always know. 
But when you communicate, especially I just got that device this, this year, it was actually funny. You can write and bing, 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 rocks, you're bouncing around, obviously you're having a conversation. That is so odd. Because yeah. before I was just talking to myself all the time. And it sounds like the, the last bits of the journey are the, the parts that bring the people together the most. You created the strategy to put you be, between the bikes that had lights. You had a support crew that were your, was supporting you. I think that was the critical part of not only completing, but having good experience because it brought all of you together. And that's kind of the point of these endeavors to not just have fun on the track, but come together as a group of people who really share the same passion. No, that's true. That's true. And uh, like my son was there, he's 18 years old, and I really would like to do that. Maybe an event like that in the, in the next future, maybe next year. And I got my buddy there too, that was also there. And he's, uh, I got him to get a bike last year. So uh, maybe next year we'll, uh, we'll downgrade a few, downgrade a few notch and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to do it. Maybe the bronze event with them, with, the, with them or something, you know? That is awesome. And so of all those things that you have like in that race, in that, in that enduro um, ride, what was the most challenging thing? Was it the tiredness, uh, exhaustion, or a mental focus waning? What was the hardest thing? The tiredness for me, the tiredness. I got in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, uh, last year I did ride, but not as much that I would like to. I was very busy with work. Uh, but and I did gain some unwanted pounds last summer. So uh, last winter, I should say. So this spring, I I put myself. I we reached this race. It was last. I I think it was as soon as open. The same the second or third day that restrictions were open, we restricted to it. So I uh, so I knew it was coming in, and there's no way I was gonna say I, I wasn't gonna be ready. So I did uh, eat less. I didn't drink alcohol since uh, just after for the last five months, and I really. Uh, focused i did run a little bit not very much i'm not too much into running but just being to lose weight and sleep well and uh but it still took lots of uh, energy i uh, that to keep the focus and all i found it very tiring it, it was hard it, yeah. it was hard it's long especially uh, you have to give yourself short goals and there's times maybe i didn't eat quite on the I need to eat myself. I burn lots of energy. I, I go through energy. Some people can go through an whole event like that without barely eating anything. Mike barely ate anything, but me, I, every 20 minutes, I pretty much have to eat something. I had some in my pocket. I get out and ride, ride riding, or we stop for, you know, any break or a couple, a couple nuts, a couple uh, sunflower seeds or anything. I, I need to eat because there's a point where I fell down. I ate and I still we left the truck. I says. Ten minutes later, I said, "My God, I'm a new guy." I said, "I should have e eaten before." And you, it's such of a swirl. There's so many things happening that you, you can forget something. And I did forget to eat a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like you're very sensitive to your blood sugar level because yeah. that's how our brain operates. And some people are less sensitive, and some people are more. But uh, and luckily, yeah. like you said, it's a good thing it wasn't 36 degrees because uh, I didn't drink that much water, but I rode in really hot temperature. And there's you go through water or to Gatorade and to electrolytes quite a bit. But we were that, like you said earlier, that weather was perfect. It was like it, it, we couldn't have hoped for the best for, for better than this. Yeah. And um, and so, ha have you done any mental preparation for this event or anything? in the mindset but mental like i said earlier i really try to make the elephant much bigger than it is i always raise thing and 
I always, like Mike, Mike was very calm and I said, oh no, and so you'll be able to do it because we did lots of rides since the spring. And I said, man, I don't know, man, it's gonna be hard. And he says, I knew he was very optimistic, but I was very anxious. It was very good stress, but until I, I went through that finish line, the stress all fell down. I knew way before, I knew at lunch, I said, we're gonna finish this. I said, if nothing breaks, we're gonna finish this. Because I could feel the second wind build up after the after Sunny Hill, after Kalibugi um, area there. So I was pretty sure we were gonna finish. But I was very anxious and the whole time. And I, I, that's why I made sure the week before, like I took like four days off before the um, Friday. So I didn't work the whole week and I did make sure I went to bed early and relax and stuff. I'm a, a bit of a pack of nerves, you know, I'm very, uh, very exciting kind of person, excited all the time. So I, I, I made sure that I, I slept right. And I think that did help quite a bit because we know when you get there on Thursday night, there's no sleeping much. You know, I was sleeping in my van, you know, my Westphalia and you get up and you, you go to bed. I did sleep pretty good, lucky enough. But then in the morning, you know, you're going to get up at 2, uh, 2.45 and also. And when, when, when I arrived after the finish line, everybody was tired. I couldn't sleep. It took me a couple of hours to fall asleep. I just, we got there at what, 11.45 and I was just wide awake. So it took me a couple of hours to calm down, relax. I almost had to do meditation and just breathe. And then I could feel my, my body come back. But it's, uh, it was just my second wind that picked up. And I know that's what happens to me. It happens every time. Yeah, it, it sounds like you are prone to this high energy, which you in at the beginning. And it sounds like when you ride, you are able to use up that energy and kind of ground yourself into the experience. Would yeah. that be right way to see that yeah yeah i think so i think so i get right into it you do this and you don't think about anything else and uh you uh it's true you have to enjoy it and you have to be your kid do every once in a while do a little jump here and there but no it's very the energy is very high it's really up it's it, 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 i crank up really quickly i went down quite a bit before i get the second win I was actually very, very tired. It took a bit, you know, your arm, you have to make sure you keep loose all the time, make sure you don't squeeze an elbow. But when you get tired, what you do, you squeeze them. And you don't want to do that. You have to keep the bike loose. So that's why there's lots of talking in my side, in my head. You know, you have to tell yourself all the time about the ride, and I do that all the time. When I get tired, you put your foot there, you wait there, get up, put your elbows out. And all the time, I always tell myself how to actually ride because it seems after a while when you retired, you don't even remember what the throttle is, you know? It's a, you're so tired, you know? <laughs> am yeah. I on mud? Am I on pavement? Am I in sand? They have, well, you know? <laughs> right. And when, have you noticed what happens after you've done event like this? Besides the exhaustion that the body needs to recover, but have you noticed any changes in your work performance? Maybe you're more creative or more inspired after such events? Well, I, I work in the operation there. I work and it's very... Uh, Things are going fast. Like Monday, of course, I was tired, but other than tiredness, and I'm used to this. I've been doing that for 25 years, but you get to work and everybody's very hyper. And I'm hyper too all the time, but I was very relaxed because I was still on the high of the ride. You know, I was very, I was proud, I was happy. And I work, I don't really talk about this stuff, but I was very, a few people know, but I was very calm, very calm. Everything happens, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. It's, I, I get it done, but I was very calm. And it calms me down to do these type of events, I believe. To go ride the bike for the weekend, you know. Maybe not just go around the block, but to go and, you know, we try to get the biggest hill and try to climb it, you know. 
And uh, it, it does. I feel like it calms me down. And it's almost like therapeutic. It's, it's almost so I, 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 I say, I, I, pursue, I, I pursue it, you know. And how long does that feeling usually last, that calmness? Oh, I'm still a bit tired now. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm back. I, I, my show, I'm not, I don't have any soreness anymore other than my, uh, my left eye a little bit, but I feel, I feel 100%. Uh, it's, it's still a little bit on, but uh, I'm proud of it. You know, uh, you got your friend that texts you, say, yeah, good job, good job and all, but uh, it's not why you do that. You do that because it's, it's good to push. I, I find it's very good to push the envelope every once in a while. It's, uh, it's very, um, it, uh, it's good to, you know, not overwork the machine, but know what you, the human being is capable of doing. And we could have done even much longer than this. I know there's rides that are much longer, but in Canada, that's pretty much the longest one, I believe. And uh, for me, it, it does, it, I'm not going to say it's going to last forever, but uh, for until next year, but it's a feeling that stays with you for a while, you know? Yeah. And um, and we're gonna go right next weekend anyway, so uh, it's not gonna be as hard, but it's still gonna be fun. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that's it, and it gets and it gets you better also. I, I meaning that you gain tons of experience every time you do this, you know, because when you start that big hill that's like this, you say, "Oh my God!" When you're halfway through it and you've seen all this in one day, it could be a hill twice as big, and you don't even think twice. I'm just gonna go up that hill because you've been doing that all day. It's not even hard. You know, it's like the hill you were standing on. I saw you by the corner of my eye, but I didn't look at you. I just, I just saw you there. I said, there's someone standing there, you know? And if you just walk out your office and you change by the side of the hill and you look at it, it's like maybe it's eating. But when you ride, you get to it. And that's what you've been doing all day. You don't even think twice about it. It just goes up and the bike just does it. It's much easier to ride the bike up than walking up. It. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious. Do you think you're more productive or do a better job when you're in that calm, relaxed state at the end, after the weekend and versus the normal kind of anxious way of, of getting things done when you haven't written for so. a while? Yeah, I would think so. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's good. I mean, uh, it takes the anxiety off. It makes, I think it brings good. It's easy to smile. I never have a problem with smiling, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard. It's really rare that I'm very calm. Like I always walk fast. Monday I wasn't walking very fast because I, I was just trying to, to, to hide the fact I was a bit limping. <laughs> but uh, no, it does help. It puts the it puts everything in perspective that you did that. You didn't get hurt. Something could have happened, and you feel very proud. And it uh, it, it I, and the thought process was actually very easy without being all worked up, anyways. And sometimes when you're too worked up. You don't see things clearly anyways. That's incredible because that emphasizes how the sport and experience not only brings people together, like we spoke about earlier, but it also enhances our capacity for better work, better relationships at work after that kind of event. So there's many, many benefits from what it sounds like, and they're visible and palpable. And so my next question would be, how do you perceive yourself using creativity on, on the trail? And how does it also translate into your creativity at work? Creativity, you know, I, I, the first time you said it, it's a good thing you explained it because on the bike, I didn't feel creative, but you're right, because on a road course, 
riding a sports bike, there's pretty much one line. You know, maybe when you pass someone and stuff, but in the bush and the trail, there's like there's so many lines. Even if there's a mud hole, you can go there. There's a there's a thousand possibilities, endless possibilities. So between work and all, I mean, there's always a way that if something happened, you get to an ambush, you get to a problem. It, it, it's you find a solution. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes you get stuck in a mud hole, but there's a there's a way to to get it out. Maybe alone you'll get it out, but you get the bike out. It's gonna take you an hour. If a colleague or your buddy is gonna help you, it's gonna take ten minutes. So it's also a way to say maybe I should ask for help. Maybe I I should try to relax and step back and look how I can do it. You know, I could have maybe avoid this situation. You know, for next time, like go right in the middle. You know, maybe go around it. So it's a little bit all I would I would say I would say that. Yeah, I remember I hear heard somebody say once that when they ride, they all of a sudden their mind becomes sharper. Like even if you ride on the street, like the moment you get oh, yeah. on the bike, you just become sharper um, in your perception. So that that definitely has effects on our brain and whatnot. And so what would be one thing that you would want to improve before your next riding event? Um, I, it's, I need to a bit, uh, maybe a bit more endurance, I think, because I did run a little bit, but I didn't run enough. I mean, I, I was relying of losing 35 pounds. That was going to be enough. But I, I think I need to run a little bit more. Uh, I, did, I, do, I do some bouldering, uh, some uh, climbing there to, to help my hands. It does help. I used to be, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a mechanic anymore, I'm a mechanic by trade, but now I manage people. So my hands are not quite as strong as they used to be. But by seeing this, your hands don't have to be super strong just for the clutch and stuff because you, you shouldn't grasp the handlebar hard. You have to leave, leave your, your body loose. But to me, it would be a bit of endurance and keep riding, you know, just keep riding. I did ride quite a bit this year. And, but these hard single track, I haven't done that many. I did some in the past four or five years, but there's heels that it's not that we, that, that I need to hit the hard stuff a bit more and that would help. And also I got different tires this year that my, 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 um, my teammate Mike told me to get. I never did really get before because I always take road legal tires. It's always what I did. They're cheap. And I got the tires. It's like magical. It's like, it's amazing. I couldn't believe it. I fell in love with that tire uh, over the weekend. And I said, I'm, I'm going to get a couple of sets of these tires because it, it just, it's like you could climb a wall with those tires. It makes everything so much easier. And uh, I remember seeing people, how oh, can they go up so easily this? It's because, you know, you, have, you need to have the right equipment also. And I know I have a, to my, in my head, I have a small bike being the, the, the 500 there, but even this, everybody says, I think a smaller bike makes a bit of difference. But that bike to me is 120 pounds lighter than the bike I was doing that I was riding last year. So it's a big difference. And all these hard sections, I pretty much did with my old bike as well. So, and I also want to put a set of those tires on that bike, just try to just make it a bit harder. So I can, it makes you train more when the bike is heavier. So um, that's a bit what I would like to do. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And that seems like a really worth worthy endeavor to to be riding on a trail and be riding on the bikes. So in closing, what would be your message to other riders who are either on the same kind of journey as you or maybe they have stepped aside, stepped away from riding because life got in the way? What would be your message to them? Well, life is short, eh? I mean, there's times where you say, oh, you know, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. You know, we don't have to have the brand new equipment like the $20,000 bike or whatnot that's in my head. You know, we all, anyways, some people can do it. 
but uh, there's always deals before, you know, in the fall to buy some cheaper bikes and stuff. And it's to take the opportunity when you're young, when you're in shape to do it. We all fall down. Some people get scared. Oh, yeah, I have some friends. Oh, yeah, I feel it's dangerous. I know. But, I mean, it's, of course, you, can't, that you have to get the right equipment. You need to have your knee brace. You have to have the right boots. You have to have the right gear. And, uh, and also, now, these days, we're lucky. With YouTube, this cross-training video and stuff, even the winter at home, even your backyard, if you have a bit of a backyard, you can practice lots of stuff. With your engine off in the back, you can do some balancing training. And you, the engine's not even running. Come back from work, you can even put your flip-flops on, jump on the bike, and you can train a little bit for 10 minutes of the day, and it's going to make a huge difference. Because what happened on the bike, if you slow down, you put your foot on the ground, and you have to start again, it's like you're starting over again. You don't want these wheels to stop rolling. You don't want to put your foot down. You want to keep these foot, your feet on the pegs. Of course, there's time where it's very steep and stuff. You have no choice. You know, there was big boulders and stuff. But the important thing is to get the flow going, momentum, you know, and uh, never stop. And is um, and you shouldn't say, oh, I have no time, you know, or if let's say you have a bike that's not street legal, you have to put in the trailer, or you have a tiny backyard, there's little things you can do there. And if you don't, or you live in a condo, I don't know, let's watch these cross-training videos. Well, don't watch them once, watch them twice, watch them five times. There's tons of them They about every single subject. Also, how to work on your bike. I mean, uh, mechanically to get your bike ready. Because if your bike's not ready, you're not going to finish. There's, you can have mental preparedness. You can have all the physical preparedness you want. But if your bike breaks down halfway, it's not good. Because uh, me, everything was pretty much new on the bike. Everything is was checked out. Everything is torque checked. We, I do that every single time I ride. You have to bring the right spare parts with you just in case because your partner could your, your teammate could pull you to the truck and then with a rope and you can you can repair stuff so you have to bring the event everything you think may happen like i didn't have a headlight but maybe it would have been a good idea to have a headlight but anyways yeah <laughs> but that's it so there, there's many things you can do to me riding is very fun of course because some kids gonna say oh i need to ride 250 kilometers an hour on the highway go on the racetrack don't do that on the street. I know I sound like a father or whatever, but I have a friend that told me as a kid that told me this, that, you know, I thought I was invincible in the street until I got a big crash. We all have stories and friend that, you know, I have many of those. Someone got injured, someone got killed. Go on the racetrack. There's no, like a, um, a road sign that's not even an inch thick can break your back. On the racetrack, it's all, you know, open. The paramedics are right there. And at the end of the day, you'll move faster and you'll learn much faster. You may think you're fast until you go to a racetrack, you know. There's no grand, the, 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 the person that doesn't pay attention is not, they're going to cut you off. But she didn't cut you off. She was, she was in the 50 zone, you were going 190. So you were going way too fast, she didn't see you. So let's, you know, it, and you get used to the speed, you know. If you go, if you ride 250 all day, when you go 100 in the 50 zone, you think you're stopped. So, so that's it. So, but there's little bikes. Get a small bike. Try it. You'll feel like you are fast. You know, go have some little in the corner and grind the pegs on the ground as much as you can at 50k an hour. It's, it's just as much fun. Do some track days. You don't have to have the brand new equipment, brand new tires. Go to a racetrack, buy used tires. Some people give them away. You know, the first time I did that, you do that and try to go beat these guys that give you the tires away. These tires are still good. You know, I'm just joking there a little bit, but it's, it's a great sport. It's fun. You, you have the feeling of uh, freedom 
Because in the car, you know, it's one direction. It's like this up and down to the bike. It bangs, you know, it's fun. It, 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 it slows down so quickly, you know, and um, it accelerates so fast. It, no, it's so fun, you know, you, you, the, the vision you have, you don't have those eight pillars that you have in the car to look, you know, you have full vision. You look everywhere and you can see. And you can go camping. We go camping. It was no other places where nobody can can even get with their cars. We go camping where people go canoe camping. You get there. There's canoe campers there. There's little trails that you you, you find, and it, it it's very very fun. Anyways, it's a great sport, and nobody should we should make time to do it. And it, it doesn't have to cost lots of money. It can cost a lot of money, but at the end of the day, if you just a little bit, you, you can adjust pretty much any budget and make it work. Absolutely. It is so true. Um, track riding is way better than street and trail riding is better than track riding because it gives you more, more variety and a lot more creativity. So totally, totally agree with you on that. And so there you go, ladies and gentlemen, if you got them, ride them. And big thanks to Pat here who spent this hour with us and shout out to the Rally Connects and Lee Martin for setting up such an awesome event. It was so well organized. So thank you very much and thank you for listening.